As school board members, Tina Deskovich and Tiffany Justice saw behind the curtain of education. Their backstage view propelled them to create Moms for Liberty. Their mission to unify, educate, and empower parents has caught fire across America. And since their founding in 2021, they've gained 100,000 plus active members. Tina and Tiffany both have keen insight and practical information for parents, grandparents, teachers, and legislators. So listen in to find your niche in America's scheme to reclaim education. These are exciting days in education. Uh, there are so many things happening across the country, actually for good. We hear so much stuff that's bad in education, but there are also some very good things. And one of those very good things is to see the active engagement of parents stepping forward, organizing, getting engaged on behalf of their children and their schools. Uh, there are a number of organizations that are helping to facilitate and coordinate those efforts. Among the leaders is an organization started in Florida called Moms for Liberty. Today, we are honored and pleased to be joined by co-founders, Tiffany Justice and Tina Deskovich. And so welcome to both of you ladies. So glad to have you with us today. Thanks for having us on. For those who don't know that much about what you're doing, maybe don't know at all, uh, let's, let's start with some of the basics. So you both live in Florida, you're both moms, you both served on school boards. And so what started this for you? Well, as you said, Tiffany and I both served on school boards here in Florida from 2016 to 2020. And we like to say that we saw behind the education curtain while we served. You know, we had a great experience. Both of us talk about uh, some of the wonderful times we had serving, but we also were exposed to a lot of things that were going on that uh, we found unacceptable. We saw public schools, government schools starting to overstep more and more into the parental rights area. And as 2020 uh, unfolded and COVID unfolded, all of America saw uh, what public schools were doing and how government was, you know, intruding on those parental rights. And so uh, Tiffany and I did not know each other while we were serving, but at the end of our terms, we uh, were introduced to each other uh, and began to call each other once in a while. We were losing 4-1 on our boards and making the paper. And so we thought, oh, I think we kind of think alike. And uh, we kind of took a lay of the land, uh, saw that parents were trying really hard to advocate for their children, but not doing a very good job. They didn't really understand the structure and the power struggles and how much control the union had. And so we thought, we understand this and we know how to help them. And so January 1st, 2021, we launched Moms for Liberty. Hmm. So that kind of started almost like a small group, maybe in your home or something. So uh, it's... <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> well, it started with uh, two chapters. So w when Tina says that we served on school board, I mean, we were there 12-hour meetings during COVID. And what we found sure. were there were moms who were coming and sitting through those meetings. The two first chapters were started by two women in our own community. So uh, these were uh, two women that had advocated, uh, knew that there were issues with parental rights being infringed upon. And, and so those first two chapters launched, we actually had uh, our first meeting in, in early January uh, in Brevard County. We had a, a dual meeting of both chapters and uh, just launched. And, and that was out at a restaurant. So you ask where we met, that was out at a restaurant that would have us. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, three weeks later, 
uh, we got a call from uh, Nassau County, New York, Barbara uh, from Nassau, and she called Tina and she asked her uh, if she could start a chapter. And originally we had just thought, okay, let's try Florida. We understood Florida. We understood the funding mechanism in Florida and, and how the government worked. Uh, mm -hmm. But very quickly we saw that uh, Moms for Liberty was not ours to hold exclusively and that it was going to be important that we open it up to the rest of the country. So now you see us over 18 months later with uh, 230 chapters in 40 states wow. with over 100,000 active members. It's been really, really remarkable. And all of our chapters hold meetings um, every month to go over their school district budget and to discuss the issues that are most concerning to the parents in their community. Um, and, and they do they hold those meetings at lots of different places, sometimes at homes, but also at parks, um, at restaurants, uh, at churches, wherever they can find a place that they are welcome to be able to fight for the survival of America and create a better future for our children. You know, it really is exciting and phenomenal to see uh the engagement of parents today. I've been in this for a long time, uh, trying to pro promote better practices in education, get parents involved. And honestly, I hate to say this, but I think COVID is our best friend because all of a sudden it brought what was going on in our schools right into the living rooms and parents suddenly became aware of things that they just were not aware of or didn't want to believe. But now uh, we are seeing a major uh, resurgence there. We're seeing a lot of momentum. Um, so exciting. Why don't you start by sharing your mission statement? Our mission is to save America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government. It's very simple. Yeah. Uh, we understand very clearly that parents are kind of the last line of defense on government intrusion into our personal lives. Once they can divide a family, once they can divide a child from their parents uh, and, and take authority there on how they're going to raise them, whether it be medical decisions, educational decisions, moral and religious decisions, uh, you know, we've lost, we've lost the battle. And so we're the final line. Yeah. And so this kind of really started around school issues, particularly, did it not? Uh, but maybe has expanded even beyond that now. And the whole parental bill of rights issue, uh, expand on that just a little. Give us a little bit of kind of some of the history, some of the issues that you're seeing uh, trend. What are parents really caring about and what are they getting involved in? You talked a little bit about COVID. Um, I like to say that we make COVID lemonade. You're right. Uh, COVID opened the uh, education curtain. Uh, I pulled that back for every parent in America, and they got to see very clearly what government schools, and, and we do have government schools, so we need to be honest about that, what government schools were teaching children or not teaching children. And, and so you say it's bigger than education. It's really about the relationship between the parent and the child. We know that parents have fundamental rights. And in Florida, uh, in 2021, uh, a parent's bill of rights was passed. Uh, that is also in 15 other states in the country that say that parental rights are fundamental rights. The government does not give you these rights. They cannot take them away. And you as the parent have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of your children. That's not, that's, that's including, but not limited to their education and their medical care and their moral and religious upbringing. Very, very important, as Tina said, the last line of defense, the relationship between the parent and the child. And so during COVID, again, you saw parents that saw what their kids were learning, what their children weren't learning. And they also had an expert class 
class in America that they had trusted that failed them. They saw doctors and other professionals who were giving them advice that they knew intrinsically were not what was best for their children. When you have the American Academy of Pedi Pediatrics coming out and telling mothers that babies don't need to see their face, that wearing a mask won't harm their relationship with their baby or their child, that's a lie. And American parents said, wait a second, can we not trust all of these experts that we've put so much trust in in the past? Who are we going to trust? And really what you're seeing through Moms for Liberty is community being built. Parents looking at each other and saying, we can trust each other. We want what's best for our children. We want what's best for America. And we're gonna band together and fight uh, for our parental rights. Because if you ha don't have those fundamental parental rights respected, you have nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's so true. Uh, absolutely true. And I think it is sad because, I mean, the American people, you know, by and large, we put huge trust in our government, in our system, in our schools. I mean, we just, we trusted. But unfortunately, we have found that not every organization and not every individual is trustworthy and uh, and we have to trust our own instincts and we have to trust and build communities and and really uh, take take some things into our own hands to to bring about uh, structures and elements and people that will represent us and that we can trust uh, with the best interest of our kids so um, you know, some of the big issues that you're focusing on, obviously, there's the whole school board issue. Uh, I think you're aware of this, but uh, we were one of the early ones uh, in conjunction with the Leadership Institute, that I know you know well, uh, that started coming out with school board training. We did that collaboratively with them, continue to do that. We're refining what we're uh, doing and we'll continue to do that. Um, and so I know that you are constantly working on uh, trying to find good candidates, uh, identify probably uh, those who are really uh, listening to parents who really do have an interest in the overall well-being of the child, putting the child and their needs first, uh, but then those who aren't and, uh, and replacing them. Talk to us a little bit about some of that focus. Yeah, so we're absolutely looking to, to have uh, good quality candidates for school board. And there are moms and dads all over the country that are, are wanting to run now. They recognize that this that serving in elected office isn't for somebody else. It's for you, right? We recognize that this government didn't work without us well, that we had been engaged and involved in our lives in so many different ways, working very hard, right? Taking care of our families, um, buying a house, right? Um, saving money for our kids to go to college. But what we saw was that we had neglected this whole arena of politics mm -hmm. um, and, and that there were many people who are career politicians who uh, have not neglected that and now use the government in ways that uh, some of us would never have thought could possi be possible in America. So you're right. Uh, we're working in many different ways to encourage people to run for office. Tina spoke a little bit about the fact that we served on school board. From 2016 to 2020, both of us served. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, it was hard. 
Don't get me wrong. Uh, I know Tina and I both had our challenges when we served. Uh, we were a bit of disruptors. We saw uh, a lot of issues. We were unpacking backpacks. I, I had four kids in public school at the time. And so there's nothing like having kids in public school and then also serving on that elected board. So we are absolutely encouraging moms and dads and other community members that care about their communities to run for school board because it is a wonderful experience. Tina and I both served on school board, as I said, but we were disruptors to a certain degree. We were unpacking a lot of backpacks, seeing a lot of issues, uh, and then going to the school district and asking why these things were happening. Um, we need more people to get involved and run for office. Uh, you learn a lot about your community. It's, again, a wonderful experience to serve on school board. And there are lots of different skills that you may have in your life as a professional, um, even as a mom. Um, some, of the, some of the skills that I actually relied on most uh, when I, there were disagreements within the school district were my uh, was my ability to be able to mediate between my children in some of those fights, right? Um, human beings are human beings, but everyone has a role to play here. And so serving on school board is a great way to get involved and to give back. And we're so thankful for groups like the Leadership Institute and others who create training programs, because the truth of the matter is, you know, you get elected, you get on that school board, and, and the first meeting you have, decisions need to be made. And and so I just encourage anyone that's considering running for school board to start getting involved now. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to your school board meetings. Start going to those meetings. Request copies of the budget from this year and years past to be able to look and compare those budgets. And then reach out to groups like yours, like the Leadership Institute, like Heritage Foundation. There are lots of different groups who have come to us and said, how do we help you in this venture of reclaiming public education in America? Yes. Well, and that is the ultimate question, right? Because it's all of us working together, uh, taking the various resources we have, the various knowledge and talents that we have, and, and collaborating. Because at the end of the day, um, organizations like ourselves and those you've mentioned, um, we, we can put stuff together but it only really has impact when individuals take those resources, see that they can actually bring value to what they want to achieve in their own communities, where they can use those things as tools to bring about the change where they are. And so that's our whole focus as an organization, is just try to create tools and resources that empower people to bring about the kind of change that needs to happen locally. And uh, I love the fact that you're building this massive network. Uh, we look forward to continuing to work with you uh, in every way possible that we can try to resource. Uh, we want to hear from you. What are the needs and so forth? And we can have plenty of conversation about that going forward. But as we kind of, uh, let's do two more things here before we run out of time. Um, you recently had your first annual summit. I was there. Uh, we were privileged to be there to help sponsor that event. And uh, it was a great event. And uh, just, you, you know, tell us a couple of the highlights of that. And then maybe from there, let's shift into, you know, how can people learn more about you and perhaps want to get involved uh in, in your teams at the local level. 
We had our first national summit uh, last month in July, and we brought over 500 moms and some dads uh, to uh, Tampa, Florida. It was a great experience. We had about three and a half days. We brought in speakers like Governor Ron DeSantis, who welcomed all of our moms to the great state of Florida. First Lady Casey DeSantis did a session with Tiffany, uh, like interview style. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Former U.S. Secretary Betsy DeVos joined us to kind of share, you know, Tiffany and I say we saw behind the education curtain, but we know Betsy DeVos really saw behind the education curtain. So she shared a lot of her knowledge uh, with our moms. But we have, you know, we had a lot of high profile speakers, but the best part of the summit really was bringing our moms together and the breakout sessions that we call them strategy sessions, where we really dug in deep to gender ideology, critical race theory, social emotional learning. We brought in experts from all over the country. Uh, You know, all of the reviews, we sent out a a survey afterwards and all of the reviews came back just top notch, great feedback. Uh, They found it very valuable. Uh, Leadership Institute did a whole series of sessions there for us too, where they trained how to run for school board, how to campaign, how to support your candidates, uh, different strategies in that area. So it really was a place to come to put tools in your toolbox if you want to make change in America today in this fight against the intrusion on our parental rights. Mm-hmm. And so how about uh, for people that want to get involved uh, learn more? So if, if you're watching this interview and you're thinking, geez, I like that Moms for Liberty. I'd like to get involved. Head to our website. It's momsforliberty.org and you can learn a little bit more about us. You'll see a big map on that uh, web page and you need to click on the map on your state and you get to see where the chapters that are currently located in your state are, in which counties. We're set up by county uh, across the United States. We recognize there are multiple school districts within counties, but um, we felt it was the best way to be able to show a, a reach across the country. And so again, look for or uh, where there are chapters in your county. Uh, If you don't have a a chapter in your county, you can click to start a chapter. And you need 10 like-minded people uh, to join with you. You can't do this alone. And that's one thing that I think is very important that people need to understand. As much as you personally uh, might feel a need to make this change happen, again, you can't do that alone. You can't even do that alone as a school board member. You need an army behind you. And so when we talk about fighting for the survival of America, Tina and I very much are building an army of moms across the country. We refer to ourselves as joyful warriors. Uh, We will fight like heck with a smile on our face for our children. Um, And that's because we believe in America, we believe in um, the American people, and we trust that parents are the best experts of their own children. What American parents are seeing right now in public education is extremely concerning. We have nearly two thirds uh, of American children who are not reading proficiently. And when we talk about the future of America, we believe this is the greatest threat that we have to national security, a generation of children who cannot think for themselves, who cannot read, and who can be easily controlled by a government that has proven that at times does not have our best interests at heart. I think we got time for one more question. So let me throw it out here. Uh, I really, maybe not so much a question. I'd like you to, as our, our primary audience, we, we target kind of three categories, parents and grandparents, educators, and legislators. I mean, these are the people who are the movers and shakers that have anything to do with education. They're the decision makers. They're the ones that make things happen. And so as you are 
coordinating and facilitating this grassroots movement, as you are hearing from parents, what would you say to a parent that's just discovering this and, and tap into them to help them know that it's okay for them to get involved? What about that teacher uh, that is so concerned and they're frustrated with all the uh, agenda that's being driven and all of the conflicts that they're struggling with and what they know to be best practices in education and yet all the mandates and other things that they're just being manipulated and forced and you know how can they respond appropriately and then for legislators uh that look they they many of them want to do the right thing but they're driven by votes, okay? Uh, what is the right thing? Uh, and I know that's kind of a big thing here to kind of end up with, but maybe pick some of the things that I, what would you just respond to most directly? The a simple answer to all of those concerns is a Moms for Liberty chapter. Your Moms for Liberty chapter will support parents. They will support educators that are ready to stand up and speak out. They will support legislators. As we have shown here in Florida, we brought 200 moms to the Capitol to stand with those legislators that were putting forward those hard bills. And they said that day, we're used to just getting attacked and attacked and yelled at and screamed and, sh and shut down. It was so nice to have a sea of people out there that we knew supported us in the gallery while we were voting and, and standing up for this bill. So you know, it sounds like it sounds kind of simple just to say your mom's for Liberty chapter, but there is strength in numbers. You're not alone. There are so many educators. There are so many parents. Trust your gut because your gut is telling you what's right. Your gut is telling you where to go on this. Trust your gut and then find like minded people. Start a chapter. Join your chapter. Yeah, our mission statement is to unify, educate and empower parents uh, and community members uh, are included in that. Uh, I want to make it clear, we may be moms for liberty because we believe that the mom is the heart of the home in many ways. And that a mother is a very, a mother, the, the relationship between the mother and the child is very important. I saw a, a, a an op-ed that was written in the New York Times this weekend that said that maternal instinct is, is a, it was created uh, by men. It was a myth created by men. Um, this idea that every Everything is a social construct, that there's no science or biology behind anything that happens with humans and children and parents and children is just nonsense. And moms and dads know that. Yeah. Uh, so again, we're not just moms, uh, we're dads. We're grandparents, we're aunts, we're uncles. You don't have to have children to get involved and be a part of, of our organization. Um, but we are very much focused on that relationship between the parent and the child. Um, Mr. Adams, what we are seeing is that public schools are driving a wedge between parents and children. Yeah. I want to make it very clear that that's not something that we're that we're fabricating or making up. We literally have public schools that are sitting down with children who are in middle school, filling out six pages of forms and documents where uh, different names and different pronouns will be used at school and kept from uh, the parents at home. This idea of, of a child living a double life or the government somehow caring about a child more than the parents and the, and the family cares about a child, again, is nonsense. And at Moms for Liberty, we completely reject that. Our mission to unify, link arms together. It's very important. We recognize also that... Um, 
school districts sometimes and in communities, there is backlash for standing up and speaking out and holding firm to your principles and your beliefs. But if you stand with like-minded people, um, you'll have support and it'll make that advocacy easier. The education part, again, everyone has a role to play. Um, we need every American to really dig down deep inside themselves and to find what makes them special and what gifts that they can share with parents and community members in order to reclaim our communities and this country. And then empowerment. When we unify parents and, and parents get educated and community members are educated on the issues, they are empowered to make the change uh, that they want to see. And, and there is no time to waste. Um, so uh, get out there, uh, use every gift that God has given you um, in this life to support parents and their relationship with their children and to support the fact that children need to learn to read. Uh, a life uh, of children not reading, children learn to read up to third grade, and then after third grade, read to learn. If a child cannot read, uh, they are left uh, with very few options in life, and, and all of Americans can unite behind the idea that giving children the skills they need to be successful in life is something that is of great value right. to every American and to the future of America. Amen, amen, amen. Ladies, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, it's for a time as this. Uh, that was kind of the motto of your summit. And uh, it, it can't happen at a better time, a more critical time for our country and for our families and really most importantly for our children. And so thank you for stepping up. Thank you for for taking the charge. Uh, there's a whole lot of us out here working on these things. And as we work together, as we, uh, like you said, empower uh, our parents and, and those grassroots people that are on the cutting edge, uh, that's where we're going to see change. And I see it coming. I see it coming. And I know that you do too. So keep up the great work. Thanks for spending time with us today. Uh, to all of our listeners, I want to encourage you to be strong. Uh, and keep working hard. Uh, if you've if you've got untapped resources, things that uh, you can share either out of your uh, your knowledge, your wisdom, maybe some of your treasures, uh, you know, plug into our organizations and let's let's come together and let's make a massive difference in this country. And so, thank you again, ladies, and thank you to all of you who are listening to our program today. If you enjoyed today's episode of The State of Education with Melvin Adams, please subscribe and share our podcast with your friends. We're able to continue sharing these podcasts because of generous support of our donors. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at the Noah Webster Educational Foundation, visit our website at www.nwef.org.